Hello, hello, hello. It's time for the weekly cooldown. This is Kami Jace, of course, for another edition. It's episode 29, for real this time. Uh, last week we had some strange technical difficulties, uh, but the show must go on, as some weird people say, and uh, it will. And with today's episode, episode 29, it is Sunday, July 22nd. I had to look that up on my phone. And we are going to jump right into this week and kind of some of last week's news. It's going to be kind of an interesting episode, but it'll be fun. It'll be great. So let's jump right into the headlines. If you like stealthy video games, you can now play Hitman's third episode, Marrakesh, for free on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. The free version is called Hitman Summer Pack, and you can play the entire level, including its escalation contracts, quote-unquote, from now until July 31st. Once July 31st hits, unfortunately, you will lose access to episode 3, but this might be the very forceful nudge that you need to actually pick up the game. It is worth noting that even though you will lose access to Episode 3, you will retain access to the ICA Training Facility Prologue, which acts as a tutorial and comes with a good chunk of content as well. Uh, This limited time free-to-play version is likely done to remind players that Hitman 2 will release on November 13th and is now available for pre-order. In case you need to choose something else that's free to play instead, Overwatch will be available free to play next week from July 26th to July 30th. The free version of the game, of course, comes with all the content as normal uh, in the normal version, and your progress, of course, will carry over to the purchase version, provided you use the same Blizzard account. Next weekend is a great time to actually get into Overwatch because the newcomer Wrecking Ball, or Hammond, as most people are calling him, uh, the, you know, the hamster in a mech suit, uh, (laughs) he will be added into the game on July 24th. Uh, The free-to-play game kicks off on July 26th, starting at 11 a.m. Pacific time. In more Overwatch news, a new Overwatch update will change all the support characters in major and minor ways, which means, yes, Mercy is getting another nerf. Uh, Here's a quick rundown of the changes. Uh, First, Anna. Anna will get a nano boost that will now heal a target by... uh, Rather, Anna's nano boost will now heal a target by 300 HP instantly, in addition to powering up the target. Lucio will get a buff to the sound barrier, um, increasing the amount of shield gained from 500 to 750. Additionally, the crossfade abil- abilities will now reach up to 12 meter, 12 meter radiuses, uh, citing Lucio's need to be more flexible in his movement. Brigida's shield bash cooldown is increasing for 6... Sorry, from 6 to 7 seconds, citing the need to allow more counterplay against her, uh, but will still keep her going as a rather strong contender in the support category. Moira's healing resource regeneration will increase by 20%. Blizzard feels that while Mora does do some fairly decent healing, it can still be kind of difficult to keep a, keep a team topped off if she is in a position where she is unable to drain resources from the enemy. 
Zenyatta is actually not seeing any changes as they feel he's in a pretty good spot. So I lied at the beginning where I said all the changes, all the characters were getting changed. Whoopsie. Uh, but finally, the queen healer herself, Mercy, is getting a slight nerf. Boo-hoo. Reducing her healing per second from 60 HP to 50 HP, uh, Blizzard says that they feel other healing characters kind of struggle to compete with her for a spot on the team due to her high rate of healing. And if that wasn't enough Overwatch news for you, I have one last little bit. The training robots now wave back at you when you say hello. That's just a fun fact. Uh, you can now play World of Warcraft in some more Blizzard news by just purchasing the subscription fee. Uh, if you're a WoW skeptic like I am, uh, but have some money to spare for the game each month, you can now play it and every expansion, excluding the upcoming Battle of Azeroth, for just its subscription fee. So if you're bored waiting for Hammond to drop in Overwatch, why not take a look at World of Warcraft instead? I'm not gonna. Uh, Todd Howard of Bethesda, like you don't know who he is already, has once again come out to ask players to be patient for the release of their latest revealed projects, Starfield and The Elder Scrolls VI. Howard told The Guardian that they have been talking about these games for about a decade, um, then started putting things, quote, on paper about six years ago, and then began actively developing the games about two or three years ago. With the upcoming release of Fallout 76 and its approach to online gaming, Bethesda's marketing boss, Pete Hines, seemed to be telling players not to worry about the single-player narrative. Single-player is still a thing, said Hines. It might continue to grow or evolve, but it's part of who we are, and we still think there's room to be successful. Final Fantasy XIV has revealed some bits and pieces of their patch 4.4 update titled Prelude to Violet. Spooky. The patch will see some really interesting new battles, including the supposed conclusion to the Omega Raid, the Alphascape. Of course, since this is an even-numbered patch, players will see two new dungeons, including one that is likely tied to the story that is tentatively being called The Burn. You will also see the Suzaku Trial, which ties into the Four Lords questline, and more Domen Reconstruction, as well as, as well as tons of more content down the road and likely some interesting quality of life changes. Also, if you're a Monster Hunter fan, then the crossover period for uh, from Monster Hunter and uh, Final Fantasy XIV begins on August 2nd for Monster Hunter World and August 7th for Final Fantasy XIV. And finally, EVO 2018 is coming up soon, starting in August, and if you needed any more reason to go or participate, then look no further than Anime EVO, a side event being held that will offer uh, a $5,000 cash pot for winners of a King of Fighters 14 tournament. If you haven't heard of Anime Evo before, don't worry, neither have I, but Anime Evo is actually a very cool tournament that runs alongside the actual Evo tournament, uh, hosts and hosts some really cool games such as Gundam Versus and Melty Blood and Catherine and tons more. Um, Anime Evo 2018 will be held at the Mandalay Bay Hotel in Las Vegas from August 3rd to August 5th. And those are the headlines I have for you this week. You are, of course, listening to the Weekly Cooldown with me, Kami Jace. If there is something that I missed, 
or something you want me to talk about on uh, next week's show or, you know, you just want to have some fun in the emails, shoot me an email. Gaming at wkcooldown.com. It's fun, I promise. Anywho, let's uh, switch gears and say hello to my guests for today. We're going to start first with a good artist friend of mine. She is always busy drawing things. Uh, You can find her on Twitter and Tumblr and other places. Her art shows up. Uh, Please welcome Hey. Hello. Hi, Hey. (laughs) It's been a while since I've been on, but yeah, yes. you can find my art pretty much anywhere. Um, do a lot of drawing. Yes, I do. It's good. <laughs> so, uh, since you haven't been on in a while, I'm of course going to ask you the age-old question. What have you been playing this week? Okay, so because Bamco broke my heart and closed down Photokatsu, aka Aikatsu Photo on stage, Aikatsu's mobile rhythm game, which I loved with all my heart and had devoted many hours of time and energy into. Um, I have since, in order to try and heal those wounds, tried out a bunch of different other mobile rhythm games and have finally settled on Bandori, aka Bang Dream Girls Band Party, and I love it a lot. It it is not Yeah, it's not um it's not going to replace Photokatsu, but it definitely definitely eases my suffering that a game I love closed down. Um I've also been playing Celeste, which is a great sprited platformer that was on sale after GDQ, SGDQ, which was fantastic, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed that up and I just beat it, actually. I'm very proud of myself. It's super fun, really challenging, really great story. Not a lot of platformers have good stories, but that, that one yeah. was really good. Um, I okay. also picked up Observer which was on sale and it is just the best type of cyberpunk dystopian horror mystery investigation and it plays with like psychological horror elements and like oh it's so good so far good what i've been doing nice sounds like a good time (laughs) is it a good time it is very spooky good great i'm glad um who else we got on today hello who's this so so why did they call it anime evo and they didn't just call it animevo i think that's that's how i think that's how you say it but i wasn't sure so i just said anime evo because because i mean animevo sounds way better it's kind of like when bethesda announced doom eternal and everybody just said no it's doom eternal Eternal. yeah it's doom eternal that's what it is now Doom Eternal. I'm pretty sure it's Animevo. Animevo, Doom Eternal. This is how language works now, kids. It's true. Mm. You also, gotta get that liaison. That's uh, Sam Neeland, by the way. Oh, yeah. Hi. Hello. Hello. I don't know. I, I thought it was Animevo, but I was having trouble saying Animevo. that when I was <laughs> rehearsing my lines there. So I was just Because like, it sounds Animevo. dumb in your head, but it's like, yeah. no, Animevo. I, it probably is Animevo, but I was mm-hmm. just uh, a sucker and didn't want to do that. 
Uh, Introduce him. Sam, what have you been playing this week? Um, You've so been on last, uh, two weeks ago, but I feel the need to ask you that question anyway. Who is two, he? Well, Why two, do we two care? Weeks, two kidding. weeks ago, we were doing E3, so it's like, you know, that's not playing anything. That's just shouting at a computer screen. Um, <laughs> and uh, So I finally finished uh, Wolfenstein 2 because it came out for the Switch, mm-hmm. which was quite a wild ride. Which, you know, if anybody's played it knows what it is. But there are plenty of points in the game where it's like... It, <laughs> the only way I can describe it is that it's just... Certain things keep happening and it's completely over the top and ridiculous. And you're like, okay, that's fine. And then when you think it can't get it anymore, it's just like, uh, sure, why not? We'll go this route. That's fine. Anyway. I've so, never but played it, but I feel like I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's just every time I'm just like, this game can't get any more. Well, okay. There it is. <laughs> like, like every time. So I got done with that. So that was fun. And it's re- really nice having the switch to play games like that. Cause then I'm not bound to my TV yeah. or anything. You can it's, go it's, anywhere you want. And i um, rubbing it in my face, exactly. by the way, but anyway, exactly. <gasps> but, but, but the funny part <laughs> is that it's like, like all these games that people are like, how can this run on the switch is being done by a development studio called panic button, which we just found out last week is that they are bringing a port of Warframe to the switch. Oh, that's right. I don't understand how anyone's going to play that. Honey. Is is there enough buttons? Yes. Yeah, of course there's enough buttons. There are plenty of buttons. Okay. Yeah. I play, I play, what are you talking about? I play, I, well, Um, that was the other thing I've been playing recently. I play Warframe on PC with a controller because it's more comfortable. I will say this though, because, um, steam enabled support for the switch, uh, pro gamepad, you can actually use the gyro sensor in it for the game. And so I've just, so I've been, so I configured Warframe to like work with the gyro and it's like this is the best thing ever. Fuck you, that mouse and keyboard. Good. It's that super good. good. So it's like so I'm I'm hope I'm hoping that they enable it because they did enable the gyro motion controls for their Doom and Wolfenstein port, which I I I'm sorry I can't do mouse and keyboard anymore. Like they even enabled it for um, Fortnite. Like they just did an update for Fortnite for the Switch where it has the gyro aiming because mm. it's it's the closest thing you can get to mouse and keyboard while still being different. So, but it's. It's very good. It's very, very good. Splatoon was kind of like the first game that really kind of made that seem like a thing that you'd want to use. And it's kind of solidified as being my favorite way to play any kind of shooter now or third, per- like first person or third person. So I'm still of the opinion that Microsoft and Sony are going to be like, hey, we have one too. Look at ours. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah. But, but there's nothing wrong with that. The Xbox I mean, it's just Switch like. And the PlayStation Switch. No. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I've been playing a bit of Warframe. And then I also, I kind of gave, uh, when Octopath Traveler, like they had like a prologue demo came out. I oh, played I it and I played, as, I played as a character whose class was like a scholar, but he was like, as a friend of mine said on Twitter, a very lame, like reject Ace Attorney character. Because oh. he has this thing, because he has this thing where he can inquire people and like talk to them and try to figure out things. And so he'll, like, try to piece together stuff as, like, deductive reasoning. And it's, like, he does okay at it, but he doesn't really give a shit as to, like, the context or motive of things. Oh, that like, boy. he just goes, like, this is, the, this is the reality of things. And it's, like, okay, but are you going to figure out why, they, like, they did those things no. instead of just, like, wanting to cast? I don't know. Maybe like, why so. isn't important. Just what yeah. to him, anyway. It's, 
I guess. But it was just like, yeah, I'm not really into him. Also, because he's kind of an idiot, even though he's smart. He kind of reminds me of an, a certain character. Um, what are we talking uh, about? <laughs> <laughs> um, so instead, I started playing, I, I scrapped that save and I started playing as this apothe- apothecarian named Alfie. And like, one, he's extremely charming and like super cute. And two, his battle mechanics are like really fun because he gets like ingredients that he can concoct into like a potion on the battlefield. Chemist. And sometimes, it, yeah, basically. No, it's really, and it's really well done and it's super fun because you can like mix things together that'll like either heal or cure like a poison on a character. You can use it so it will happen multiple characters. Then you can use it against enemies and like certain combinations will like either give them like poison or it'll lower their defense or lower their attack. It's like really. That just like super really cool. it's really cool and okay. i'm so glad i've switched to him because it's just it, it's really fun so i gotta pick that game up this isn't on our list of things to talk about but i'm gonna kind of detour us into it because you brought up basically a chemist character uh-huh. um <laughs> so recently in on reddit uh someone has data mined some files uh that we can apparently see uh, in patch 4.3 for Final Fantasy 14, um, that seems to be leading up to something in patch 4.4, which has this line of text in, in the code that says blue mage action. Oh, and so <laughs> as someone who has been waiting for blue mage to be in Final Fantasy 14 forever. I'm very excited to know that that's in there and hopefully that they'll, especially because, you know, FanFest is coming up, hoping that we'll see that coming up in FanFest for 5.0. But because that has popped up, um, it's led people like me and, you know, other people who are really excited to see another class um, kind of start speculating once again on what classes, not necessarily what classes might be coming, but what they would like to see. Um so on the subject of Blue Mage first, I speculated that uh, it, it might be the action of a certain character we see at the end of 4.3. I won't say any spoilers, but mm-hmm. he does carry a gun blade. Um, and so I thought yeah. that, you know, it would be cool if it was that character, because that means that if they release Blue Mage in 4.4, or excuse me, in 5.0, uh, that means it'll probably be something more like Gun Mage that we had in Final Fantasy X Part Two, which I uh, loved. Yes, God, oh God, and it'll but, also be uh, the first time we get to use Gun Blades in fourteen, which which would be kind of like killing two birds with one stone, yeah. um, because you know people have asked for Gun Blades and Blue Mage, so it's it's the 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 makings for that class are both there and in front of us and i'm really hoping that i get to grasp it in my hands Mm -hmm. well and if you think if you think about that if you're going with that angle like even kind of working in like chemist with that kind of work because you know you're making like your ammunition right that has these magical effects which i think is a very a much smarter way to do that than like i'm imbuing my gun with magic like well so we get to be riku from 10 that's what you're saying I, uh, I, I added in, if you, if you want to talk lore really quick, of course you can use ceruleum to power your guns. Cause ceruleum mm. is kind of like, blue. A, yes, it is blue. Yeah. It is technically magic. Like a blue mage. <laughs> so it, there's a, <laughs> <have fun laughs> 
Um, so there's a lot of, you know, the makings are there for the class, and I really hope that they, they go for it. But to that effect, someone did say, you know, uh, as you just said, it could also be chemist, and we could get a chemist, and I'd be, I'd be all over both of those classes in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, look, they're all, so great. All, all I want, mm-hmm. I still just want a fucking dancer tank. Like, I just want to play a tank that that does things regarding, like, dodging, innovation, and... um. I guess subterfuge. I feel like, like in terms of like taunting, it's I like feel, eh, 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 what? Okay, go ahead. Well, I, I, I was gonna say I feel like a lot of people want that, but we're never gonna get it. I no. would like just dancer, like in I general. I mean, I like dancer too. But I mean, <laughs> I just would love it to be a tank as well, just to kind of like so it just doesn't feel like other monk. I guess. I think if we get dancer, it would kind of be like bard. Yeah, I was but, thinking but it could like, actually share so, gear with so, Ninja. So, 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 so here, here's my kind of little thing with it. So I don't know if you ever played like Final Fantasy Tactics before, but the dancer class is in that game. And a lot of what their techniques were, because um, the bard in Final Fantasy Tactics was mostly like you're using your song to like heal and buff your party members, right. you know, like things like that, give protection. A dancer was completely about like affecting enemies on the field. And so that's why I feel like it is a thing that would be better suited for tank because you have, you know, this ability to like, you know, kind of make enemies go your way and pay attention to you. And if you have like high enough, you know, ability and maneuver and movement, you know, you can keep them on you and keep like up aggro. So that's why, because it's like dancer has this whole thing where they like are completely about fucking with the enemies in ways that aren't like direct damaging so that's why and whenever and that's like my whole theory why they should really be in that kind of role because it's very much kind of what a tank does but they do it in a way that's not you know just look at me i'm big and strong instead it's more like hey fucker come get me hi you can't hit me you know there's like a i i guess i could see that but i also can see them being like a healer bard, if that makes sense. Like instead of think, you know, instead of buffing people, they uh, enfeeble, so to speak, mm-hmm. the enemy, uh, while also you know shaking their butt to heal but, or something. But but but, but, but my contrast to that would be like that would be bringing it back to how the bard style was in you know original like a realm reborn kind of mode, mm-hmm. and since they already scrapped that entirely for bard. I have a feeling that Square would not want to make that approach again for just like how you do it. Cause it's like, cause the, like I said, dancer is a very active class. Hey, hey, there's a, there's a dancer in Octopath that also does very much the same thing in which they like completely mess with the enemy's ability to like function and do things and sometimes make them miss turns because they get all, you know, fucked up and stuff. So there is, that's why it is. It's just like dancer is very much about like being on the offensive with their um, skills and abilities. So, but like, it's like aggressive support for lack of better terms anyway, but whatever. It's just like, that's my whole thing. I'm not, an, not an expert on Final Fantasy or anything. Despite the fact that I've been playing it for far too long. I need to get out. It's, it's how do we it's get out? I spent <sighs> so much. I spent so much money on Final Fantasy in my life. No, I, I actually didn't. started with Final Fantasy 14 1.0 and then went backwards and played the other games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I started with six. I started with four. I think Way I started back, with well, six. When it was still called two, but you know. I, I either started with five or six. 
because I remember Bart a lot during my but. childhood. And I remember but. Tara and Locke a lot. Actually, Tara and Locke are like my inspirations for a lot of the things I do in Final Fantasy, like the thief and magic and stuff like that. Yeah. I love that stuff. Anyway, Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Now how you say it. Final Fantasy. Great. We're all in agreement. Final <laughs> Fantasy. Let's, the final uh, fantasy. So let's get into the actual news for this week, not just rumors and speculation, even though that's why you come Thank here you. to the weekly cooldown. Maybe. Uh so <laughs> let's uh let's jump right into the bad shit. How about that? <laughs> oh, okay. So this actually happened uh like the, the, the initial report started coming out um around the thirteenth of july um but a lot of twitch streamers have been coming to defend uh the use of certain slurs uh citing that language has evolved this comes mostly in the wake of a streamer known as mo who i believe streams like csgo and stuff like that who uh you know used some kind of um uh homophobic slur um the article i'm using for this reference is an article by julia alexander from polygon and really her first uh you know her first paragraph there says it the best twitch streamers and youtubers have a habit of using certain terms in lieu of stupid while talking to them to their friends gay and fag are the two most popular Yep. So Mo says, yeah. you know, my intent was never hate filled when he used whatever slur it was. I don't look at his stream. Um, yeah. If you know me at all, and I don't, you would know that homophobia <laughs> is one word that has never been associated with me before. And guess what? Congrats, hey, guess what, buddy? I, like, g- glad that you're aware of what homophobia is, but guess what you did? Like, mm-hmm. it. It feels like, you know how when some people say would instead of wouldn't? Mm. Yeah. That's a that's a topical thing. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. well, and it's just, it's this, this keeps happening, like, way too much. And, you know, the fact that somebody's going to say stupid shit, like, people say stupid shit, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But it's just, people keep coming and trying to, like, defend it. Like, the same thing happened when... Um, I think it was PewDiePie like dropped the N bomb, the the N bomb. Sure, we'll call that. Um, Sounds cool. On, like a twist. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's any. I'm just making it sound more aggressive. Anyway, but you know, he dropped some you know very you know offensive racial slurs mm-hmm. on like a Twitch stream once, and like you know he said like his whole thing where he's like you know I didn't you know wasn't trying to offend blah 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 same shit as usual. But it's <sighs> just that. Like, immediately after it happened, there were, like, YouTubers that, like, went on and, like, started <laughs> doing their thing. Like, I remember there was one from Mark Replier who was, like, saying, it's like, this this whole issue here is about respect. And it's like, could could you just not? Marky, like, I love could you, you just, but it's wrong. No, it's like, like, look, can we just admit that when someone does something stupid, they fucking did something stupid and yeah. they need to you know, like own up to that fact. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying double down and start going like super offensive more just for fun, unless you, 
like doing that, I guess. But no, just, even if you do, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's just every time it just becomes this thing that whenever it happens, people are like, well, I never meant to do anything like that. You know, it's like I've never had any sort of homophobic thing. It's like there was dude. Like, if you turn on your fucking, you know, turn signal when you're turning, then you'll turn. If you don't, you still meant to turn. Like, you know, it doesn't change the fact that you didn't do the thing that you did. Right. It's just, it, it becomes so just tiring that there's always this this thing that it's trying to completely destroy somebody's, you know, like, I guess, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, reputation, yeah. I guess. And it's just like the only thing that's going to ruin your reputation more is like standing by that you didn't do anything wrong or that your intent is somehow, you know, completely, you know, defining on what you did at one, you know, moment. And it's just like, stop. I mean, (laughs) like taking ownership of of something uh, and truly understanding where you went wrong is one thing but so many of these people end up just basically saying oh i'm sorry that what i did is offensive like i'm not sorry that i did it i'm sorry that you find it offensive like and that's the fucking worst if you ask me because it just shows like the immaturity and complete lack of like both care for you know the people that the slur is targeted at or like you know it just it's a lot it's really obvious yeah when somebody is like i'm sorry that you're offended right. not i'm sorry about what i did um it's tiring the biggest they bend, they bend over backwards to like cover their ass about it instead of just being real about it i talk about this person way too much but it's the only person i can think of who is the prime example of what you just said. And that's XQC who mm-hmm. during overwatch league decided to uh, call another player who is gay, you know, some homophobic language and, Yikes. Uh, and then, you know, quote unquote, apologized for it. <laughs> and then was, you know, doing some other troubling things and then finally got kicked off. By the way, he's showing up again for like, overwatch world cup and i hate it he's on team canada not happy but anyway the my personal feelings about xqc pewdiepie uh this mo character who i just found out about and anyone else who says gay and or homophobic and or uh racist and or sexist and or anything yeah my you know you guys know my opinions I don't like them. Stop I, being mean and, to others. Uh, Care about others. And That's it. I, I've written about it before um, for the Electronic Gaming Federation or EGF, who I write for. Um, I truly believe that if you are on the world stage, if you are commanding the attention of thousands to millions of people each time you open up Twitch, you have a responsibility just like anyone else who's on someone's television, someone's YouTube screen, someone's uh, computer, whatever, the phone, Nintendo 3DS, anything. If you are on that screen, you have a responsibility to be the best version of yourself you can possibly be because Mm -hmm. the world is watching at that point. 
uh, kids are watching at that point. And when you make a fucking fool of yourself, then Laura McDougal on the local news gets to go on channel two and talk about how gamers are terrible. And I don't like hearing that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if there's anyone named Laura McDougal out there, I apologize. I'm sure there is. That's the whole thing that just makes me scratch my head the most is that when he's saying, it's like, well, it's, you know, speaking within like my close group of friends and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but you still broadcast it. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean anything. It's like what you do in private, that's what you do. But if you start bringing stuff you do in private out into the public, I guess that kind of says a lot about you. So right. just because I was awful in public doesn't mean I'm like that in private. Oh, really? I don't care. <laughs> there was the, another prime example of that is Ninja, who I've spoken about before on here as well. Uh, who I yeah. actually kind of respect because, you know, he did say, you know, I didn't mean to say that. You know, I take it back. I don't mean any of that. It's terrible. He recognizes that he fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But... To that uh, effect, he did say a word from in a song where the word wasn't even there. So to me, that says he sang it behind closed doors as well. Yeah. So it's very it's it's a very touchy thing for especially for me because I am a black gay. When I I kind of you know I like Ninja. Uh, maybe ed liked um but i at the same time when i saw him you know try and roll it back and you know try to cover it up and then i was like oh boy you're really really going there huh don't do it honey so it's honey no (laughs) didn't he get on a didn't he get on a stream with like drake or something like when drake was like trimming on twitch And then Drake was really uncomfortable by the fact that Ninja was there because it was just like I don't know mm. about that, but I know that they had a really it was a really interesting stream. They broke a lot of records. Um Oh yeah, no, they did. It was it was fun to watch and it was entertaining and you got to see a side of both Ninja and Drake that I don't think you see on the stream. Um but then you also get to see a side of Ninja that you never see again when he says the N word on this stream. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and you also learn that Drake Drake does have cheat days. What does that mean? Like he got pizza, and he said, "This is my cheat day." Fuck off! Have you never heard? No, of that? I did. I work out too. I know what cheat days are, but I was like, "Wait, does this mean something special for him?" Because he's Drake. No, no. But he's just—he just said he's like, "I'm having pizza because it's my cheat day," and it's like, Fuck off. I like you. <laughs> I like you, Drake. You're a, you're a nice man." Do what you want. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, the weekly cooldown workout podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> just lie just lie motionless. <laughs> That's the weekly cooldown. Um, okay. Yeah. So let's get off of that topic for a bit. Uh and maybe forever. Um <laughs> so let's uh switch gears. Let's talk about some exciting things. Um so we have release dates or some kind of idea of when some games are coming out next year. Um, And rather than save that for when we get closer to the day, I thought this might be a good chance to kind of talk about that. We are at the start of the third, third quarter. I believe it's a third quarter. 
I really don't know how quarters work. Yeah, no, we are, we are just but... beginning off the third quarter. It is July. Uh, third quarter is July, August, September. Um, and so we now have some uh, release dates. Like uh, we know that Kingdom Hearts 3 should be out uh, January 20th. Hopefully this time. <laughs> January 29th. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Anthem should be out February 22nd, along with Days Gone and Metro Exodus. Uh, Crackdown 3 should be out in February. Uh, The Division 2 should be out in March. And then we have some uh, ideas for when uh, some other games, like Fire Emblem Three Houses, should be out in 2019. Gears of War 5, Devil May Cry 5, Dead or Alive... Damon X Machina! (laughs) uh, Dead or Alive 6... Uh, Persona 3 Dancing in the Moonlight and Persona 5 Dancing in Starlight and Psychonauts 2 which is kind of just like it's been a long time also Shenmue 3 like uh, Shenmue 3 finally like oh boy so there's a there's a it's it's looking like a good year for video games 2019 look forward to it Resident Evil 2 yes so I'm actually gonna go first with talking about uh (laughs) excitement because uh if you know anything about me i am a resident evil fanboy i've played each and every game except maybe dead aim um i wasn't i wasn't like impressed so i was just like not that one um but i've even played the uh there was a resident evil for game boy color called resident evil gaiden which starred uh, leon on a boat it wasn't a great game at all but i've played it um it was interesting. I uh, but, disagree know. fully. <laughs> but <laughs> it was it was interesting to play. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I- I'm really excited for Resident Evil 2. I'm really excited because I got to see um, a bit of how they designed the characters. They actually, you know, took some real people aside and kind of built their face from the actual people um, in real life. And uh, Leon looks great. Claire looks great. The zombies are zombier. <laughs> yeah, it's like they look great as much as yeah. I mean, can. It, it, you shoot them in certain uh, areas on their body, and they start falling apart. And it's it's That's like cool. cool but gross, and I love it. It's That's so it's really cool. like revolutionizing Resident Evil, and it makes me excited for whatever they have planned going forward. Um, because in Resident Evil 7, Chris looks different, so I'm like, okay, are we staying with this big, bulky, almost blonde-haired Chris? What's happening here? Like, are we continuing on to Resident Evil 8 after this, or are you going to do, I hope they do this, Um, I hope they remake Resident Evil 3, because that's a a pivotal moment in the Resident Evil universe as well, so I'm I'm, I'm, I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, hey, what are you excited for? Um, something. There is something. <laughs> um, Why let's see. I actually got into Kingdom Hearts really, really late. We're talking like I've this still year never late. Into it. Because as a child, I I had not, I had no exposure to Final Fantasy, and I definitely was also not a Disney mm-hmm. kid, so I didn't really understand the appeal. The only thing I knew about it was that it had Utada Hikaru music, and I was way into J-pop, but not into her, so I was like, eh. 
But as like an adult, I went back. My boyfriend and I got the uh, the HD compilations for the PS4, mm-hmm. and let boyfriend me tell is you, Moose, who's been on the show before. <laughs> yeah, Moose is my hontono dub. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm sorry. Wow, Good old Japan. <laughs> sorry for break, breaking out the weeb, but um, Mm-mm. so Kingdom Hearts three coming out sounds good because. Honestly, I feel like they've they did one and two, and then all these side games kind of took the plot all the way around and back again. And it's really, really hard to follow unless somebody sums it up for mm-hmm. you, even if you've seen and and or played right. those games. So I feel like three is going to take the the franchise back to solid ground and it's been a long time coming and I know there are a lot of people really excited for it myself included so yeah no I've I've been waiting for it too like it's kind of funny because I remember playing Kingdom Hearts you know one and two when they first came out on PS2 and I was like I love these games so much because you know (laughs) I'm, I'm a nerd and then there was like a point where they just had their big old hiatus where it's like okay whatever there was a good number of years where it's like I didn't really play any of them that much. And then they had like the PSP game, which I didn't have a PSP at the time because it was like, oh, that requires money. Who actually had a PSP though? I know. Wow. Well, big fancy man. My mom bought it. I wasn't Um, crazy about it, but I got to play Metal Gear Solid on it. So it was cool. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. There you but anyway, go. so um, so right around the time that and and Birth by Sleep actually came toward the end of the PSP's life, mm-hmm. and so at that time I could get like finally get a PSP for like relatively cheap. Like I think I got one for like fifty bucks, and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll give Birth by Sleep a shot here. And like at this point in my mind, I was like, eh, I'm already over Kingdom Hearts. I don't need to go back into it. Oh no, playing Birth by Sleep, I was just like, oh no, I'm back in it again. <laughs> Me by the, it's got me by the hooks. Like the ending to that game, like it's like I, you know, crying baby boy. Um, so yeah, so I'm glad to finally get Kingdom Hearts three because it's been uh, way too long for something like that. And then, you know, I mean, uh, there's too many games coming out. It's it's hard being yeah. an adult now. Yeah, I was looking so many at the games, list. It's like, and I was just like, this is staggering. What am I going <laughs> to talk about? <laughs> I know, because it's like, because like, oh my gosh, I want to play, you know, well, these don't come out till you know, later next year, but it's like, oh, I want to play the new Fire Emblem, especially because now it's like, seems like Nintendo finally hired a lyricist for their main song, and it doesn't sound like an awkward mess, but it also looks really good, and the visuals of it, and it's just like, I love tactical RPGs, please give this to me, and then of course I'm looking, and it's like, oh my gosh, The Last of Us, I don't even know if that's coming out next year, though, but, you mm-hmm. know, I'm still excited for that. Um, like there's just oh yeah, and then of course Damon X Machina, which is like a fucking mech game made by the producer behind Armored Core, making yeah. it for Nintendo, and I'm just like, yeah, that looks cool. Oh my god, oh my god, like I I I I need it. You can customize your person, you can customize the mechs, you can have like four of them, and I'm like, oh, mm, slippery slope. Um, it is, but I just I just need I need them robots. I need to play them. But anyway, so that. Instead, but it's kind of sad because in the meantime, I'm just like, does anything else come out for the rest of the year? I don't know if it does. My wallet yeah. is sobbing gently. Just a little bit. I know. Well, it is. For- I will say I am excited about one thing that's coming out next month, which is um, uh, Little Dragon Cafe. Uh, yes. Which, like, I'm super excited about that because everything I've seen of it is it's like, it's all the, so 
I know so many people who they say, I love, you know, um, Stardew Valley. They say it's like super relaxing and calm and peaceful. I'll, I'll be honest, that game makes me anxious as fuck because it's like I never have enough time in the day to do things that I want to. And I have to keep up all these things in order to like get my plants and, you know, like crops or like keeping up with talking with people. It's like, I, I don't want to do that. That's not calming to me. That's just like stress. Also, I don't think it's fun working, you know, hitting a button and farming and stuff, but that's just me. But Little Dragon Cafe, it's made by the same people that did Harvest Moon. And it's much more like you're going around and, you know, like you're either collecting some stuff that you find in the wild or you can like buy some fruits and vegetables from local farms and all these things, blah, blah. And then you like cook it in a cafe and it's like a rhythm game. So you hit these buttons to do like cooking. So it's like a little sort of cooking segment. You know, to get into it and then you know you like serve it to people but sometimes you'll get certain people that'll come in and be like oh i want this thing or i don't know but then you have to like figure out recipes like so it's very much my jam because the it's just- chef from harvest moon instead of the farmer from harvest moon yes yeah. and i've been wanting that forever because it's like i've like you know every time in more harvest moon you'd have the thing where it's like oh you can like you know, flirt with like the restaurant keeper and then like marry them. It's like, no, I want to be the restaurant keeper. I want the farm boy to come into my restaurant and Harvest flirt with Moon me. <laughs> exactly. But no, so it I'm just, so, so I'm just, I'm really excited Good. about that. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, it's, take, it's taking together like stuff that I like from like, you know, the cooking games and then has a little bit of like, you know, diner dash where you have to like serve customers, you know, like the right thing, you know, not like too slowly, but and then puts a fantasy spin on it. So, and that game comes out next month. So I'm super mm-hmm. hyped about that. Ah, really? Next month? Those, yeah. That's so soon. I I've been keeping an eye on it because I'm, you know, a long time Harvest Moon <laughs> slash Bokumono slash Story of Seasons veteran. And I also really like cooking games yeah. and yes. fantasy elements. So, yes. uh, yeah. So, so, and oh, and you also get a little dragon that you can raise and they are somehow part of the main quest in it. I don't know what, but either ways. It looks really cute. And yeah, I think it comes out August 29th. I think. That's like, so soon. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. I've been needing it. I need something chill to play on my Nintendo, my Nintendo Witch. I, I need one uh, of those. All right. Um, so we are rapidly running out of time. So we're going to move over ah! to <laughs> the news coming out on, I believe, Tuesday about Star Citizen. Um a star citizen um, yes. backer sued to get back $4,500 that he invested into the game. And he did not get that money back. He lost the lawsuit. Um, this is, I, I, I mean, what else is there to say about this story? Except I, it, it hurts because star citizen has been in some kind of quasi development since the dawn of time probably um <laughs> yeah like, like like anytime i ever hear anything about star citizen i just remember when people were like shitting all over no man's sky and it's like well at least that game came out and right been making updates to it and it's actually gotten pretty good star citizen mm-hmm. like i remember when no man's sky came out it was like shitty it's like people were like well thankfully star citizen is on the way and i'm just like, well no to it's that, not. looks at watch to looks be at fair games, if i'm not like, mistaken you can actually still pl- you can actually play star citizen but it's like yeah. But it's, it's still in technically like early beta or something like that, and you can buy ships for like billions of dollars, like actual monies. Yeah, it's 
feature but, creep personified. But, but but it's like the whole thing is that it's like any of the beta stuff that's out now. It's like you can do mechanics, but there really isn't like anything. Yeah, it's to do. confusing. They've like like it's mm-hmm. just so anyway. But kind of like back to the whole thing where it's like guy. You know, and so in the article, he specifically talks like he liked these certain things and aspects that were about the game, specifically like a lot of the flying stuff and like how you like, you know, able to build things and anything like that. And then the game started changing direction. They added like first person shooter elements and they like took out a bunch of like the ship building and like business building stuff that he was really Mm going to be into. And so he was just like, this isn't the game that I want. This changed from what it was before. And now it's turning into something that I'm not even going to be able to play. Um, And so, you know, like that, this, this is a constant problem with a lot of like Kickstarter stuff because, and, or any crowdfunding really like the, the biggest risk with crowdfunding is that like what you put money into um, more often than not will end up in a way that's different than when right. you first thought it was going to be, which I mean, that happens with mm-hmm. game development period. Like, you know, you'll have people, you look at, look at fucking the original halo, which is originally supposed to be like an RTS. And then it ended up being a third person shooter. And then it finally ended up being a first person shooter. Like this is just, that's, this just happens in video games a lot. And what, what's, what's kind of the, the, the biggest like middle finger in all of this is that it's like, that this guy could not get any sort of response from the development team, like in any way saying, and especially like, I think that his reasons are valid where it's like, Hey, I put a bunch of money into this game. It's not turning into the game that I wanted it to be from what I was originally putting money in to go toward. I don't want to have to like, you know, deal with this anymore. And so yeah, and like for disability reasons, right. even, it's not like he just doesn't want to play it. It's that yeah. like, because of his accessibility issues, he won't be able to play it. Yeah. And it's like this, this fucking game has already raked in like billions mm-hmm. and millions of dollars for like development. It's like, they can't fucking give this guy back his, you know, like four it's, and a half grand a, that he's, for, like, by the way, know. four and a half grand that he's paid since, 2013 over 61 pledges to this game i mm-hmm. he's, mm-hmm. he's so, he was yeah. dedicated to your cause he wanted to see the game that you promised and you're not delivering it to him and so he i don't know i, I it, i'm sure there's a lot of legal bullshit that says he's not necessarily entitled yeah. to that money but morally speaking i feel like he's entitled to that money yeah yeah i well, yeah completely agree and the thing and the worst part is that it's like you know that he felt he had to you know go through like you know legal action to do it and is just like completely getting fucked up shame. and it's just it's yeah. it's just it's so fucking stupid and so like you know um so when i was uh doing stuff with hustle cat we did like the whole kickstarter crowdfunder thing and you know one of the things that would happen is when we were you know working on it we talk okay you know, we're working on this thing. How do we approach that? We're going to be talking this next thing. What do we want to say to people? What do we want to be, you know, we always had this constant thought of like how we're wanting to present ourselves as we're finishing up this game. Cause you know, that's a really important thing. And it's like, it's not even so much as like transparency, but it's just at least giving like your backers a clear idea of like what it is that you're doing. And so, you know, that's always something that's important but that's easy to do when you're still like a smaller team and for star citizen because it became so like just overly like bloated for a lack of better words like it just became so much more ambitious than what you know it was kind of like originally supposed to be going for that you know once it just starts to become this way more complicated thing it's 
is really easy to kind of get, you know, all your stuff like lost in, you know, the mix of everything changing, new people being added, new mechanics, new development choices, you know, all these things happening. But it's, it, 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 it just baffles me that you have like this much resource available and you can't come up with like, you know, I don't know, a department or a team to handle, you know, those personal interactions, especially with people who have been backing you for so long. Yeah. Like there, there's just this thing of like dead silence. We keep, we especially keep seeing it from anything that's getting like way too big and over its head. I mean, just look at mm-hmm. Mighty Number no. Nine, like the whole clusterfuck that became. Um, I will say though that the one that's um, what is it, Curse of the Moon, like that one that's being made by the you know dude who's doing uh, Castlevania. Like, I, I think, what is the name of that project? It's like Blood Omen Curse mm-hmm. of the Moon or something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, that one's made a lot of changes, but they've actually been pretty um they've been doing really well at making sure that they're keeping in contact with their backers and how they change things like i was reading on um some folks over on the waypoint fan discord one of them was talking about they were backer and how like they originally had like these visual style changes or when they're turning from like 2d sprites to 3d animation like every single time they would actually ask for input from their backers saying hey, we're thinking about going like one of these directions. What do you all think about this stuff? Like that stuff's, yeah. you know, really good because it does make it, you know, so that, that you're actually hearing the word of your people. And so, and I can't speak from, you know, what Star Citizen is doing because I'm not a backer. So I don't know what they're doing for their backers, but it it's, it's just frustrating because it's not the same as dealing with a publisher that you're trying to say, hey, we want to make this game. Please help give us money to develop it. And it's like, okay, so it's just this one-to-one, you know, conversation. But with crowdfunding, you're talking with anybody who just wants to throw money at you. And Mm -hmm. so that does become more complicated. And I think that if you're going to do that, you really have to devote people, you know, to handling that. Because you don't just talk to one publisher anymore. You don't just talk to, like, you know, one single group entity. You have to deal with a bunch of people at once. So it's, yeah, so it's, it's something that is frustrating that more... Um, big crowdfunding projects aren't kind of getting together and figuring out. Yeah. I mean, crowdfunding is a great idea, but I mean, like a lot of the times you you hear of it going South and I know that like in a lot of cases it ended up being really, really good for the project, but I feel like some creators get in over their heads in regards to promises they make for like if they go if they end up raking in way over their projected budget things get out of control and like honestly if you get a group of gamers together and say raise your hand if you've backed a project that will probably never come out Mm -hmm. hands go up my hand would go up that happened to me um you you have to be careful and i guess be ready be ready Especially whether you are looking to back a project or you hear about a project that is backable or if you're on the other side and you are a creator looking to have your idea funded. It's back to what Sam said. You've got to have some kind of task force or at least if you're one person who is paying attention to like what the, the backers want as things move on and make sure that everybody's happy with how the project evolves because projects do evolve. That's right. And I think that's why someone like, uh, so for undertale, uh, Toby, uh, Fox, um, 
when he was doing like his funding, you know, he did crowdfunding for his project. And he was very, very transparent on what it is that he wanted to do. But having worked in like Homestuck, which was like, it was a very community driven project anyway. Like he already had a kind of grasp of how to kind of handle that situation and be, you know, just like talk about what it is that he's doing and what he wants to do and what he needs help with. So, you know, having that prior experience of working with that many people, because I'll just say Homestuck for a time was like massive, like insanely, like crazy massive out of nowhere. And, you know, because so much of that uh, comic and community was so actively involved with the creation of that comic as well, you know, it sort of it, it gets you ready for that mentality of like, I'm putting this project out into the world and I want assistance for it to become a thing. And you start to learn how to, you know, work with that many people. And so, you know, something like that can do really well, but it, it does become a strange thing when, you know, if you're, especially if you had like somebody who's worked on game projects before and they're trying to approach it as the way they would older styles of, you know, making their game or worse, you get people who go in and it's like, going, I'm going to do crowdfunding. I don't have to answer to the man of like EA or Ubisoft. Yeah. And by doing that, they just completely like go off the rails and just do like, like just don't give a shit about like anything else involving it. And just thinking, I get so much money from everybody. I can do what I want. And it's like, you still got people who have like some sort of an expectation. Right. So please actually finish what you're doing too. Yeah. So it's, it's just, there really needs to be like some sort of like, I don't know, like community college program or online class thing like so you want to start a crowdfunding project for your game here's some things to keep in mind because you're getting money from a lot of people like likely like the one please take they, an accounting class yeah it's like well, the that, one thing they yeah, probably that don't teach you at yeah like you know game developing or whatever yeah i didn't go to school for that yeah, no, okay. <laughs> i almost I went to school for that yes i know i I didn't. I, I just went to school for making music, and then I went to school for recording music, and that was a way better option because I don't need a school to teach me how to write music. Anyway, I actually originally was in computer science for like the programming aspect of developing games, and mm-hmm. now I am an illustration major in between semesters. Um, went to school. I want to be an artist who. Well, no, I am an artist, but, you know, getting, (laughs) I I don't need a paper to tell me that I can do stuff, but the paper helps me tell other people I can do stuff along with the portfolio that I already have. I went to school to be a journalist and I did some PR classes too. Now I have this. I mean, this is journalism. It's just verbalism. 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 Journalisms. Gerbilism. Gerbilism. Hammond. I'm so proud. There we go. All comes full circle. (laughs) Just like Hammond. Ham and cheese. Full circle. Oh, wow. We're so creative here at the Weekly Cooldown. It's true. It's very true. (laughs) I'm so creative. I pay. No, people pay me to, like, create stuff for them. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Correct. All right, great. So we gotta <laughs> <laughs> we gotta wrap up the show, and so to do so, I have a question for both of you, 
And mm. it is that my listeners like to kind of get a feel for who you guys are and also like playing video games. And so the best way to f- uh, kill two birds with one stone is to ask you this question. <gasps> what games do you recommend to my listeners? Let's start with Sam. Why would you do this to me? I don't know. Go. Why would you do No, stop. Okay. <laughs> um, so, so okay, so I got one. So this actually recently came out. It came out for uh, PS4, Nintendo Switch. Um, I don't know if it came out for PC or not, but anyway. So the, 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 old, the old school PSP game Lumines, or Lumines if you want to call it that, um, has recently been given a uh, remastered version of it. Um, you know, which isn't really saying too much. They just gave like the original assets, like a higher resolution, scaled it up and everything, blah, blah, blah. But holy shit, that game is like so good. Like it, it, it's it, the, the way that I can describe it is just that it's like Tetris with a music beat thing going on in the background, but it also plays a bit like Puyo. But it's so addictive and the music in it is so like just really cool and interesting but it's also gets like super hard in a way that you would not anticipate. But mm. each time you play it, you keep getting a little bit better and progressing further. Like it very much is like satisfying when you figure out how to really take advantage of like certain block configurations and situations. Yeah. It's really good. But yeah, so that just came out. It's on Nintendo switch PS4. Um, I've been playing it uh, like pretty much at least once a day, just going, okay, how far can I get with like this thing? Cause you want to get to level 100. I've gotten to level 85. Oh. So I'm getting there, but it's just, it's really cool. And it's, it's, it, the music's really good. And especially on switch, it's got the HD rumble. So you feel like every single little beat in your hand as you're doing, Oh, it's so good. Anyway. Um, really good Love game. Please HD. buy it. Impressivo. Hey, how about you? Okay. Do I have to pick just one? Uh, well, I would prefer it. Okay. Um, <laughs> can it, God, God, there's so many things. It um, could be a mobile game if you want. Doesn't matter. No, I know. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm actually going to yell about instead of my favorite horror game that's old with clunky controls. Probably shouldn't recommend that. Rose. So I'm going. Yes, Rule of Rose. Um, I'm actually going to instead recommend Story of Seasons Trio of Towns. It's just honestly the best um, possible most recent Bokumono game which is Harvest Moon formerly and is now Story of Seasons due to a big old ham sandwich of issues that we will probably cover maybe eventually or never. Hmm. Um, So anyways, it is for the Nintendo 3DS. It's been out for a year or so here um two years in japan and honestly if you like farming games um it has it's it's adorable it's got like real character you know all the npcs are really really interesting it has the best husband ever ford who i love with all my heart um, it has really cute wives too i can recommend komari she's really cute um and Honestly, like, if you love taking care of animals or just having, like, a nice little wholesome farming time, it does not stress me out to play it. You can go as little, like, like light and humble farm or as huge and, like, 
super productive as my farm because I'm a tryhard. Um, <laughs> please play this game. It's it's got such an endearing cast, and it's nice to just pick up and play. It's it's cozy. Go get it. <laughs> Great. Sounds like a real fun farming time. I do like farming games myself. I have logged I don't know how many hours on Stardew Valley um, because I just love that game. Uh, and of course, Harvest Moon, like every one of them. I actually played the Super Nintendo one when I was a kid. It was very oh, nice. Yeah. Anywho, that's it for the weekly cool down. Hey, where can people find you on the internet? I am Hey Bay Island on Twitter and Hey Bay Island on Tumblr for my personal blog, Hey Bay Art for my art. Um, and I have a host of other blogs for various other content that I post that is all kinds of artistic. Cut that part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have all kinds of blogs. No, shut up. Hold on. My brain. This is all staying in, just so you know. No, please don't. (laughs) Please cut it. I'm having a hard time finding my words. What? Be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Moose. Um, so you can find me on Tumblr as Hey Bay Island or Hey Bay Dash Art for just my art. Um, keep in mind that sometimes on my main blog there will be not safe for work content because as an artist I draw a host of different subjects. You can also find me on. Pixiv on Hentai Foundry on Fur Affinity. Oh, um, boy. I think I even have a DeviantArt account. Please look at my art. I work very hard and I also take commissions. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we really got into it there. So, uh, no, you're fine. It's wonderful. Okay. I'm keeping that in, by the way. Sam, <laughs> where can people find you on the internet? I don't know what it says about me that I pretty much only just use Twitter as my main contention. <laughs> anyway, so Twitter is uh, is just my name, Sam Neeland, all one word, S-A-M-N-E-I-L-A-N-D. Yes, that is Sam with two M's. Do not get it incorrect because you'll, well, you'll probably find like, I don't know, like a phone book directory on me if you just have the one there. But anyway, um, so yeah, so that's where I'm at. Uh, I've got the... Well, the little thingy thingy just got announced with some uh, some people that I did some games with. There's a new thing that they've been working on. I don't know if I'm involved. I don't know if I'm involved with it or anything like that. But you know, you never know. Just keep yourself stay tuned. Uh, if you like visual novels about boys dating ghosts, oh, I do. There you go. So yeah, keep on that. I will not say anything else because. I haven't discovered any of that. I should really get Case and Linz on here sometime. <gasps> yes. More people. I'll see, I'll see if, yes. I'll see if I can get them on. Cause you know, then, well, well, you know, we'll figure that out anyway. But yeah, uh, just, yeah. Sam Neeland on Twitter. Just go to that. Follow me. Uh, you, most of the time it's just shit posting <laughs> because that's all I do. Um, sometimes I'll talk about what I'm doing, but you know, for the most part it's just me goofing off and interacting with people. So never, never be afraid to say hi. Um, and if you say, funny. and if you say like, offensive and hateful things i'll probably just go lamau okay bro because you know lamau i have great friends um you can find (laughs) you can find me of course on twitter as well 
at Comic Jace Gaming. You can find the weekly cooldown on its own uh, Twitter, wkcooldown.com. You can find me on Facebook. Rather, you can find the weekly cooldown on Facebook. Do not look me up. I will not add you. You can also find the weekly cooldown on its own website, wkcooldown.com. And you can uh, subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash weekly cooldown, I think. Excuse me. Yep, that's correct. Shout out to Ignis Cat, who has pledged $10. Wow. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Ten more dollars and this show will literally run itself. It is not a joke, I swear. So if you are listening to the sound of my supposedly either dulcet tones or swiper the fox, as I heard someone say the other day, then please check out the Patreon. Give me a dollar. If I get ten whole people to give me one dollar, this show runs itself. Please give my boy some money. So, so, so if you're Swiper, does that make Hey Dora and me boots? I am Sounds exploring like shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, by the way, we, in, in addition to Patreons, we are also uh, Humble affiliated. We are Humble Partner Baby. Yes. So be sure I'm to so check out. And be sure to check out the link below for whatever humble partner thing I'm promoting this week. Probably, I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, that's it for the weekly cooldown. I've got to go swipe some shit. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs>